What's up, Brad? Not much, Andrew. What's going on? Welcome to episode 130 of Auto Off Topic. 130. I figured this is a good one to start videos on. So if you're finding yourself watching 130, every episode before this is audio only. If somehow you found our podcast by video first? It's possible if you're on YouTube, because yeah, that's true. where these are going. But uh, yeah, so for those listening the normal way, we're going to start an experiment here, videotaping these podcasts. Yeah. Please still download it, though, so we get the count. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can listen to it, or if you prefer, go on YouTube. But uh, Yeah. Uh, I don't know about this, but we'll give it a try. Trying new things to make more content. I just know I wouldn't want to look at me. I have to look at you. <laughs> I mean, I suffer through it, but it's for the listeners. That's a valid point. So that's the way it is. Uh, you brought some beer, though. What do you, I did bring beer, yes. What do you have? I brought from Newburyport Brewing the uh, Jopa Grande. Yopa? 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 Or J-O-P-P-A. Yopa? We're going to say it like we're just dumb Americans. Jopa. Jopa Grande Foreign Export Stout. Dark and decadent full-bodied stout from Newburyport Brewing. Hmm. I mean, it sounds delicious. It does sound good. 1635 small batch series. Doesn't mean it is delicious. Small batch. Means if it, if, if small batch meaning if it is delicious, we'll never get it again nope. anyway. Smells good. Mm. It's pretty good. It needs to come up to temp, though, being a stout. But down to temp. Up. Up. Needs to be warmer. Come up to temp. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's the thing. Yep. I got you. <laughs> Did you see the new documentary coming out about John DeLorean? The preview. It's not out yet, right? No, I sent you the trailer. Um, but it's got Alec Baldwin playing John DeLorean. Yeah. And it's weird, though, because it's not like straight up biopic. It's, it's like a mixture but with like high quality reenactment, high quality reenactments, you know, some like documentaries, they have like these kind of like hazy, blurry dream type reenactments. Mm -hmm. So you really can't tell that the actor doesn't quite look like the person, but no, these are like straight up like biopic, like reenactments. Okay. And then with actual people interviews that were there. And they made Alec Baldwin like looks like John DeLorean. So it has straight up interview parts. Yeah, on top of having regular, like. Okay, I, th I thought it was just going to be no like, like a theatrical movie. I didn't know it was going to no. be any. No, it has like interviews with like his son and daughter, and people that were around him. Interesting. Yeah, so that looks pretty cool. Um, Is it going to be? A like made for TV movie, or is it going to be in the theaters? I think so because it's on IFC, and IFC is a uh, cable channel. Yep. So yeah, it sounds like it's made for TV, but the trailer is on YouTube, and uh, it's called Framing John DeLorean, and which is like clearly a double entendre because it's like you know framing his life, but yeah, maybe framing him. I don't know. It's it's got everything that people are into, right? It's got uh, true crime. It says hits theaters this summer. Pop culture, and this crazy luminary person, like John DeLorean. Well, that's cool. So it's actually in theaters. Yeah, it's gonna be a theater theatrical release. All right. 
So to keep an eye out for Which that. Which is cool because I definitely, I definitely want, would like to see that in like a, a theater. All right. Did you have a chance to watch Senna? Do you think I listen to the things you tell me to do? <laughs> no, I, I did not actually. We had a busy weekend, and I haven't had any time during the week. I've just been I've been straight out. All right, cool. So no, I did not watch Senna yet. I did not watch the F one documentary yet. I I've only watched watch... one and a half episodes of that, so I haven't watched much of it. Yeah, I've watched pretty much nothing, but nothing car related. Like the way they were talking about on Clutch Kick, uh, it's if. F1 was as interesting as the documentary, I'd be more inclined to watch it. I don't know. F1 is interesting to watch, but you have to really dedicate your time to yeah, it. Yeah, but what's what's more interesting is the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Which is why it's interesting to watch F1 if you invest yourself in it. You really need to know the team, know the driver, know the story behind the team. You need to know that to get into the racing. But that takes a lot of research. And That's what I mean. Documentaries do not. I can turn on a documentary. Documentaries take a lot of research no, to they, create. They do to create. <laughs> but they're a lazy way to learn things. But also an entertaining way to learn I'll things. I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, because somebody else did all the research for you and then just shows it to you. And you go, I know all about this now because I saw the documentary. Right. In fact, I know so much about this, we're going to do a podcast episode about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other news, the Azores Rally is this weekend, which I went to That must suck because you were there last year. I know. And it looks, no. I keep looking at all the uh, – it's such a cool rally to spectate. And uh, uh, I see all the Instagram posts and it looks awesome. Like, as we're recording this, they're doing the uh, city stage, mm-hmm. which was sick. That's a downtown one at nighttime? Yeah. It, like, doesn't mean anything. They just blow donuts in this little downtown area. Yep. And all the brakes throw, like, sparks and shit. So, yeah. If you search the hashtag, it's uh, Rally Azores on Instagram. There's some cool stuff. A-Z-O-R-E-S? Yes. Excellent. Exactly the way it sounds. Uh, 100 Acre Wood, we talked about. Uh, that week, was last weekend. Last week. It yep. was last weekend, too. Right, but it hadn't happened yet last time we recorded. Yep. So, Subaru, unexpectedly, did not win overall. No. I heard that. Uh, Barry McKenna and Leon Jordan won overall, driving the McKenna Motorsports M Sport Ford Fiesta S2000 Turbo. So, that's like an ERC car? No. Or JWRC, whatever they call it? No. It's uh, basically like a leftover earlier model that's not competitive in Europe anymore, I don't think. Because uh, like the cars at ERC and Rally Azores are R4 spec, which is different somehow, even though they look similar to me. Sounds like you should watch a documentary on it and learn. I should. (laughs) But R4 is the current top spec without being a WRC car. So that those... S2000 turbos were like a spec car kind of. Not to be confused with the Honda S2000 because that was pretty confusing for a little bit there. Yeah, it's because the engine is supposed to be be uninitiated. 2000 cc's. Yep. So, and uh, for a while they weren't turbo either. They were just non turbo. But uh, anyway, they beat Oliver Solberg and Aaron Johnston by 6.8 seconds. Which well, it's also pretty close. But it's also Solberg, Solberg's first rally US on rally. U.S. soil. Yeah. So, I mean, there's probably some changes he wasn't quite used to yet, too. But maybe, yeah. But well, I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from McKenna's win. He definitely drove 6.8 seconds that though car, yeah. is really, really close. Yeah, and then, it's over hundreds of miles. Yeah, and then uh, surprisingly, Higgins and Drew rounded out 
podium in third. Surprisingly or unsurprisingly? Surprisingly. Okay. It would be unsurprisingly if they took first. Oh, okay. I'm unsurprised if they took first. I thought you were saying surprisingly as in it's amazing they even finished third, and I was confused. No, it's surprising that they finished third and not right. first. Right. But we already established that they finished are. first, so yeah. I get you. Word tricks. <laughs> not word tricks, just not understanding one another. Um but we're not I'm not gonna do a full rundown of the rally. Um, no, it's cool to see somebody other than yeah. Dickens win though. So But uh Pat Morrow and Ollie Holter of PMR Motorsport drove an open class LS3 powered Chevrolet Chevy Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. Chevrolet Sonic. Yep. It was still all wheel drive. Yes. Yeah, I'm curious how that setup worked, packaging wise. So they broke tie rods, and apparently, even though they had the spare parts to fix it, mm-hmm. they elected to not and preserve the rest of the chassis. And come back with improved parts next time. So what's the next event they're going to be at? Whatever the next Rally America series is. Okay. And I forget off the top of my head what they are. I um, hope. Is that car making it to Maine this year, do you think? Ideally. It's not like they plan to run the whole season. That would be amazing. Uh, what I read from the American Rally site was that they had planned to make 100 Acre Wood an extended shakedown for the car. So they're actually running it very conservatively. Okay. And still broke these tire ends. So they... Learned what was weak, and now they're going to repair it. It's almost like the car wasn't intended to have a hundreds of horsepower V8 in it. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it sounded amazing. Yeah, well. And then, of course, the River City Rally Lexus. That always sounds amazing. That thing sounds yeah. awesome. Go find River City Rally on Instagram and look at videos of the rear-wheel drive Lexus. It's an IS250, 350, Yeah, whatever. I, that's a V6, right? That's a V8. It is a V8? That car has to be a V8 the way it sounds. Oh, I thought it was a V6. I mean, factory original would be a V6, but that car's got to be swapped with something, I assume, right? I thought it was all Toyota and just a manual swap. I thought it was a Toyota V8 swap. I don't know. All I know is it sounds good. They hustle the damn thing because it's a huge car on stage, and it's real drive, and it looks cool as hell. But whatever. It's cool because it's a different, different vehicle than you're used to. And I'm going to mess up the name of it. Mad Cheshire? Cheshire. Cheshire? It's the name of my cat, Andrew. You should know by now. It's Cheshire. Uh, it's a weird thing. It's not a weird thing. It's from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, is it? Yeah, the Cheshire cat. Oh. That's why my daughter named my cat Chess. It's Cheshire is my cat's full name. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. The more you know. Yeah. Pay attention, Andrew. So Please. they run a non-turbo Glantfair 4 in like open light or something. I forget the exact class. I'm sorry, but they actually podiumed in that car. So that was but cool. Did they podium? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I saw in the night stage they were running uh, underglow. <laughs> underglow, which is pretty funny but cool. Um, so I'm just like super excited for NEFR now because of all these new cars and people. Like McKenna was super fast at NEFR until he broke. Right. And I want to see the Sonic run. And I want to see the Lexus run again. Uh, oh, and then, like, of whatever, the the Kazi V2, that thing broke. Oh, the Escort? Yeah. Rear-wheel drive Escort? No, no, no. A block was at 100 Acre Wood. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was a rear-wheel drive Escort that broke, too. Yeah. But uh, closer to home, we ran the NER SCCA Frost Eves TSD Road Rally, 
And as usual, we flew seat of the pants, and we're mid-pack. Hold on. I tried to do some math. You did. But we have a better understanding of how to do the math, so I think next time we'll do better at it. I don't know. I still can't do math. Um, and actually, you know, had we not biffed that one leg and maxed it at 200 points... Yeah, we did pretty good otherwise. We did pretty good otherwise. That yeah. was the, the 200 points is what got us. Yeah. Because everything else except for one was under 100. Like, so well under 100. It's 10 stages. You get a maximum of 200 points per stage. And it's one point for every hundredth of a second that you're over or under the target time. Target minute, yeah. Yeah. So, hundredth of a second per point is a lot. That's easy to get a lot of points. Yeah. Hundredths are crazy close. So, we had one leg where we maxed it out because we, had, we were over two minutes off because we got lost. Um, so, you get your 200 points. And we still scored like a 580 something for the day. Yeah. So 10 stages broken down. If we hadn't screwed that one, that particular one up, we had like a six point stage, 12 point stage. Like we did pretty decently, I think, for not having timing equipment. We did better than normal, but the one max one is what got us. If we hadn't had that one, we'd have been in like the high threes, which yeah. would have been. You have to go with your gut in Tuesday Rally sometimes. And, like, we were going to take a time allowance because I was driving a little bit quicker to make up some lost time because we knew how roughly how long we had been lost. And, like, at the last minute, you just picked a different time to take the time allowance. We were talking about taking 10 minutes, and I took 12. Yeah. And you wound up being off by two yeah. and a half minutes. But then, like, there was oh, wait, one... Wait, so we talked about taking 10 and a half minutes you have to take a half minute. Yeah. And we took 12 and a half, and we wound up being off... By two minutes. By two minutes, which maxed our leg. Right. Otherwise, we would have been We're off like, by like a eight, few seconds. We would have had like 80 points on that leg instead of right. 200, which would have made a huge difference. Considering we got lost, too. Whatever. It is what it is. Sucks. Uh, Makes me so angry. Yeah, because it would have yeah, brought our total score down quite a bit. Um, and then like there was one part where you weren't sure of the note in the directions. I was like, no, it's definitely this. Definitely this. Oh, the left-hand turn? Like a hard left. Yeah, it was like a sweep, a long right-hand sweeper into a left turn, and it looked like it was further down the road. Yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah, and then I took it, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know. And I was like, it's definitely this, it's definitely this. And then a checkpoint showed up, and I was like, yes. Yeah, I even wrote a note saying, like, if this is why we screwed up, it's Andrew's fault. <laughs> and then I had to cross it out because it was not your fault, and it would have been my fault if we had screwed it up. Yeah, you kind of have to, like, just go with that first, like, instinct. Because I knew when we missed that note, and then you have a, a cast change, which is continue at speed, or average speed, whatever the hell it is. Yep. And then the, the speed limit change in the road, I was like, oh, this isn't right. This isn't right at all. Like, just that just comes from doing enough of these, even though we've never actually done that well. We've done, like, uh, easily over 10 of these things. Probably I, 10 to 15. I'd say probably 20. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I've lost count. We're never going to be... You know, top podium drivers because we don't do enough math. We don't have uh, you know timing equipment in the car. Well, you don't need time equipment to do really well because the people that won, what well, did they the, get? Like people eight that, points or something? No, they had time equipment though. The people that won really that unprepared had like twenty-seven points, something like that. Yeah, it was in the twenties, which is yeah. still ridiculously low. Yeah, but we were. Um, it's funny because we we're car four, and uh, we were definitely supposed to do like a checkpoint, but nobody. Nobody ever asked us, asked us I, Well, I think everything got confused because we had to detour a bunch of roads. 
I think had it gone normally, the way it was supposed to go, we would have we would have done it and gladly done it. Yeah, well, that's part of the thing. You know, we have done so many, so they know that we have an idea of what's going on, even if we're not very good at it. Yeah, so they know that we can handle doing timing. But it was just funny because there are some roads that it was when the rally master checked the roads; they were covered in snow, and like the week before, and that would have been a sweet event. And mm-hmm. then it totally was like 50, fifty-five degrees. Yeah, yeah it was fifty-five yeah. degrees, and it had like torrentially downpoured that Friday or Thursday night, and. Like, the roads were so muddy. Like, so, so muddy. And I thought the... It was only one point where I actually felt the WRX, like, sink into the mud. Into the mud. <laughs> yeah, it was real deep in a few places. Like, yeah. the car was quite brown by the end of the event. Yeah. And the roads were tr- atrocious. <laughs> like, there's some serious bottles. They were fun, though. Yeah. It's funny, because we started the event, and I was like, oh, man, this would be fun to do it in the cult. And then we got to some like seriously rutted, muddy roads, and I was like, "Nope, this would not be fun because no, we would we definitely be stuck." Stuck, yeah. Although maybe we'd have floated over the top. Maybe. But but either way, we didn't. Doubtful. Do yeah. Um, anything else that happened that's like kind of current? I was going to get into project car updates. I've got nothing. Oh, oh, we had another event last weekend. Oh well, yeah. I was going to put that under scale project cars. Okay, so we can go to that later. Yeah, but we can skip to that. Why don't we do that while we're doing events? We'll, we'll uh, on the fly here. We'll skip to it. Okay. So on on Saturday we did the TSD, and then on Sunday, full nerd. Yeah. What uh, what exactly is the name of the show exactly? The RTS Expo. Yeah, I don't know what it stands for. I think it's the three guys that run it. Okay. It's their first initials. Okay. Fair enough. Um, it's a scale model car it car show. Used to be the NASCAR show. Correct. And these guys, the NASCAR club, decided. NASCAR Model Club decided they don't want to do it anymore, and these guys from the club decided that they wanted to keep doing it, which we're glad they did because it is a good show. Oh, yeah, big time. It's down in Taunton, Mass., and they have Facebook pages, so definitely look it up if you're in the area. Yeah, Uh, it's once a year. RTS Expo. It's in March every year. Yep. They, uh, it's like, it was eight bucks to get in. Uh, They always have, like, good vendors. Yeah, if you're looking for obscure old model kits, that's where to go. Yeah, so... We got there early-ish because we wanted to get some deals on some kits. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the good stuff sells early, obviously. Yep. Um, I mean, I got a uh, I got a cool NSX kit. Yeah, we, we scored some pretty cheap stuff. I've actually. never seen a Ravel Monogram Snaptight NSX kit. No, it's pretty well detailed, actually. It's it is very detailed. Yeah. It's like full detailed. So that's going to be my kit that's going to get me back into it. It was only like ten bucks, which is sweet. Yep. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm showing it to the camera. But it's just uh it's like the super nineties Ravel box that's teal ish with the grid and it's like probably you know, the prototype whatever Acura no, it's like NSX the factory or the factory car, one. Yeah. But it's the classic red and black NSX first gen. So is there a production date in that box? Is it from like nineteen ninety? Probably. It's interesting because that's back when Ravel did a lot of full detail snap tight kits. 1992 by Ravel Monogram. Yeah, they don't really do full detail snap kits like that anymore. Nope. So it's so it's basically a full on model car that just has slightly larger mounting tabs. Yeah, it's actually I was looking through it. It looks like a really really nice kit, and yeah. it probably goes together pretty well. So so it's basically it go. like a stepping stone between like a simple snap tight kit for a kid and then a full glue kit for an adult. 
Um, I should do like a dual build of this and the Tamiya one, maybe. Let's not get too ambitious all right, here. All right, let's all get you back. I'll, in, I'll just get back in. Let's this get one. you back in the building with one kit first. It's been a while since you built anything, so. And then there's this vendor off in the corner. He had a bunch of stuff in front of his table. Then he had some stuff stuck in, stacked in the back, and I spotted. It wasn't even on display either. It was kind of stuck behind everything. And I spotted these two 120th scale Tamiya Porsche 935 kits from like probably late, the early 80s. Late 70s, early 80s, yeah. One old. is the Martini one, and the other one was the Valiant. Va- Valiant? Valiant? It's the teal with like orange stripes car. With like bunny rabbits all over it. And they just re-released the 124th scale version of it. And um, Was the 124th scale version the same car though, or is it a different car? Um... It's the same car. Okay. It's over there in the shelf. Yeah, I was looking for it in the shelf. Um, but the boxes are kind of beat up, and it's pretty cool because these go for like... They're 100 oh. to 150 on eBay. And he had like $50 tags on there that I could see. And then so we asked him, like, what do you do on it? And he's like, 35 each? And we're like, deal. Yeah, we'll take both of them. Because <laughs> I was literally going <laughs> to offer 80 for both. Yep. And then he said 35 unprovoked. So we're like, all right, cool. Yep, take them. Done. Start the car. Start the car. So once you get back into your building streak with that NSX, then we're gonna do like a kind of like we did with the Evo kit back in the day. Yeah, we'll do like a auto off topic. You know, team build. We'll each build one. Yeah. So we should try. We gotta pick up our uh, pick our decal options because the decals in the kits are junk. Yeah, they're old. They're but old it's interesting. Yellow. Mine came with two decal sets. Came with as the Jägermeister and. Mine. Uh, the uh, Martini. Yep. Mine came with two different racing cars that are both the Valiant um, sponsorship. But two full decal sets. One for each race car. I might do the Jaeger. The Jaeger's pretty cool. But there's a Jaeger car, there's a Hawaiian Tropic car, there's a Valiant car. Yeah, that's also kind of cool, too. There's so many different liveries. A Budweiser one that's really cool. It's like a dark blue, which is weird, but the roof is a giant Budweiser logo. Hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool liveries of that car back in the day. Unfortunately, nobody makes in 120th the Apple computer decal sheet. Does that I would choose. Yeah. They only make that in 124th. All right, cool. Uh, project car updates. Messed with the Raider carb. Gross. That was that long ago. Yeah, it was the day after we recorded last time. I know, right? So. Uh, my dad helped us with that. What did we do to it? <sighs> Diagnosed it. Yeah, you were trying to figure out why it wouldn't run on the highway. Why I can't do over like 50. And when I do 50 for a steady period of time, why I'm having, um, basically, it's getting too hot. The exhaust is too hot. So it's obviously running lean. So, Well, it's obvious now. Yeah. Once we were looking at it and you were describing the symptoms, because you thought maybe the vacuum advance wasn't working, so we started there. Yeah, we tested, tested the vacuum that. advance first. We replaced some vacuum lines that were questionable anyway. Yeah. So we took care of that. So it's got some nice new pliable vacuum lines, so that's good. Um, what else do we do? We tested a couple different couple different ways to test the vacuum advance. Yeah. We had a um like a vacuum gauge that we put on the vacuum advance. Yeah, it teed off of it. Yeah. So it was it was operating as it should. Um, you know, building and releasing vacuum during different, you know, stages of throttle and Checked out the timing light. Yeah, everything was working. So then we moved on to the timing. Checked the timing. Checked the timing with the vacuum advance plugged, the unplugged, with the gauge in teed off in the line. 
everything seemed to be okay there. It was advancing like 11 degrees or so, I think it was, from idle to revving, or from, yeah. So it was working properly, so we figured that, hey, that's definitely not the issue. What else could it possibly be? So then we moved back to the carburetor again, um, messed around with the carburetor for a while. I've had a hard time with cold starts with the car. Mm-hmm. Like It takes a lot of cranking to get it going. Um, so we adjusted the choke. Yep. Um, it's still not perfect, but it's better than it was. Instead of like a good solid five minutes of cranking, now it's like a good solid 30 seconds of cranking. So while not perfect, it does work better. It sounds about right now. And it's still a little off. It should start a little faster than it does. Um, but it sounds also, like the carb needs a rebuild. Well, the problem is... It's sat, and you have all in the fuel. Yeah, and it's also not a genuine Weber carb. No, it's a Fober. It's a folk, folk, fake Weber. Yeah. Um, the you know Chinese knockoff of a Weber. So it's almost like, I wonder if I should just bite the bullet and buy a real Weber for it. If you were going to keep the truck... Yes. But even if I sell the truck, it's got to run right. This is true. So, can you get a used one? I don't know. That needs a rebuild? Then I'll just rebuild the one that's in the truck? I guess. I, I mean, know. I don't know. It's, once you, so, my dad. The looked, true question is, how deep do I want to go? Yeah, so my dad looked at it, and then he noticed that the, the choke was sticking. Yep. Sticking open. Yeah. And uh, so he basically just sprayed some seafoam onto the levers and stuff and started working them and did a couple adjustments. And then he adjusted mm-hmm. the mixture, too, at idle. So it, it sounded a lot better at idle. And the It does. It definitely idles better than it used and to. And he, he also adjusted the idle speed because before it was, like, idle and wicked high. It sounded crazy high. Yeah, idle pretty high. Um, so that sounds a lot better. What it, that's what it needed to stay running before, too, because the yeah. air-fuel mixture was off. And then... Um, the other thing too, once you were explaining the symptoms and the way the exhaust gets cherry red and I was in it the other day and you can smell the cat converter. Yeah. Sometimes like the sulfur. So it's, it's running too lean and your exhaust gases are too high. And that the way that carburetor set up is that the, it's got a primary and a secondary, like an old quadrajet. In the yeah. Car. It's like a, it's a two barrel, but it's really like a primary and a secondary. It's a 3236. Which makes... And that's the two different uh, inventory sizes. Yeah. Which actually makes sense when you get to the version of that engine in the Starion with the uh, two-injector throttle body. There's a larger and a smaller. Yeah. Which are like your main and your secondary. So that basically what we decided is that the secondary is clogged and you're not getting any fuel when it needs... That's what it seems to be. Yeah. And, of course, that is making it run lean. That's making your exhaust temps higher. Which we don't want. Nope. Because we don't want to melt a valve or a piston. Yeah. Um, so, once you get that figured out, it should theoretically run on the highway. So, whether you want to... Theoretically. ...buy a used Weber so here's what that I've works... So, here's what I've done so far. Yeah. I bought a couple different products. Um, Do a poor man's... Rebuild? I did a, a liquid rebuild. Um, I bought Kansas Seafoam to dump in the tank. Not quite an Italian tune-up. Well, that's how you get it through a system. <laughs> um, I bought Kansas Seafoam to dump in the tank. Yeah. I've only filled it up once since I bought them because I don't yeah. drive very much right now. Um, that 
has gone through almost one whole tank. And I bought the seafoam additive that you turn the truck on, you get it up to operating temperature, you take the take the air cleaner off, and then while you have it revving at about 2,000 RPM, you just spray the contents of this can down the throttle of the carburetor. Hmm. Um, and then in my brain, I was like, I should probably have it at faster than 2,000 RPM if I want the secondaries to open at all. But I also didn't want to leave it like idling open at you know 5,000 RPM for a long period of time. So I would just kind of blip it while spraying it to try to get it down inside there. And then after you do that, like till like half the can is gone, then you put you shut the truck off and let it cool down for like 10 minutes. And then you fire it back up and let it get back up to operating temperature and run it for 10 minutes. Uh-huh. And supposedly it's supposed to help clean out anything stuck in the carburetor, gunky in the carburetor. It's entirely possible. The truck sat for a long time. Yeah. The fuel quality is not that great. Just... In general, yeah. lately, there's a lot of alcohol in the fuel, so it just... So I did that. It up. didn't seem to help. Um, so I bought another product that you're supposed to spray on it while it's cold, not while it's hot. So carb have, cleaner? Yeah, it's carb, basically carb cleaner, um, which I haven't had a chance to do yet because I haven't had a chance because of work and whatnot. But yeah, you, you need you to use the truck, so... You can't spray it hot because you spray it hot, it's flammable, and it'll cause issues. Yeah, and if you just spray a bunch of carb cleaner down there while the truck can sit for a couple hours, it'll just evaporate. Yep. And you won't, like, flood it or anything. Which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So that's the next step before I go any further as far as taking it apart. I'm going to try to do that maybe before I leave work tomorrow. I'll go out to the truck like an hour before leaving work or two hours before leaving work and just spray it down there and hope for the best. It might work. Worst case scenario, I live a mile from work, so I can just walk home if I have to. It's true. (laughs) It's true. So I'm not really worried about it, but that's I'll give it a try tomorrow. Um, to correct an earlier statement in the podcast, the engine in that Lexus is still a V6. I thought so. It just sounds really good. It does sound really I mean, good. I've never really heard it idling. I only hear it at. You it know, sounds good at idle too. Full throttle, and it sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's a fam- It's a um, Toyota GR family, two GR, three point five liter V6. The big V6. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Speaking of V6s, uh, I may have talked about this last week, but I took the Montero out of quote-unquote storage. I don't think we talked about it on air. Um, and the fuel line, I was like, hmm, kind of smell gas. And I posted this to my Instagram. I was like, that's a little weird. And uh, But I was like, oh, cool, because I have a I feel Subaru. like that happened Thursday. Maybe it did. Probably after podcast. Um, and the high-pressure fuel line that feeds from the tank to the fuel rail where it bends down and goes to the front of the engine, it's rubber, and it was literally spraying out like a pinhole. Yeah. Like high pressure, like a fuel injector amount of type of spray. And that's basically over the exhaust manifold. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. Yep. Because that's like burn the entire truck down type of fuel leak. Super cool, going to get super hot. Yeah. And then even once you shut the, even if it caught fire and if I shut it off, all the residual pressure is still pushing fuel. So it would have been Thursdays. It posted six days ago, so it happened after podcast. Yeah, so cool. Um, I ordered a line for that from Japan. Um, I think I ordered the right one. Hopefully, I get it. It's correct. If it's not, I'll have to send it back. And I have a plan B is to repair that line with some AN fittings. We don't want to just do the clamps and rubber hose. Want to make it a little bit nicer. Yeah. Whatever. I I 
I don't like the look of AN on an otherwise stock vehicle. No, I guess you, it works. When you use black stuff and you use black fuel line, okay, it, it looks really stock. Um, and then last night, I took the Golan out. Yeah, that was nice. You and I went to a friend's house. Uh, we can talk about those magazines, too. Um, and it's uh, running lean again, which is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to double-check all the vacuum lines again, um, but I think I need to move to an aftermarket fuel pressure regulator. and James, Or a fuel pump. Yeah, but I I would rather start with a fuel pressure regulator because I have no idea what the fuel pressure is or yeah. if it's correct, if it's even at the factory setting. So just, you have a factory fuel pressure regulator on mm-hmm. there right now? Okay. But it's 30 years old, so yeah. who knows? Um, and the amount of effort it is to put a fuel pressure gauge on it I could just put a regulator in. And they're not expensive. And then yeah. it's, like, not a bad upgrade. Yep. Um, and J- JNZ Tuning sells a ready-made kit with all the fittings you need, so... Okay, for, like, less than 100 bucks. No. It's, like, 200 bucks. Oh, okay. Um, and then I also have a spare set of injectors that I should send out and have... Cleaned. Cleaned and, and flow-tested, because I have no idea of the age and conditions of the injectors that I put in this car. They were just used... Stock five, uh, 450 injectors, and mm-hmm. they could be crummy and not spraying the right amount of fuel. So I'll start there, and if that stuff doesn't help, then I'll move to the pump because the pump's easy to change because I have had that. Because I did, I did the whole tank last year, so I know the, the pump will come out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and did you put a new pump in at the time? Nope. Okay. Nope, because it was working, so I didn't touch and, it. And it's also just a stock part. Yeah. So... And it's running stock boost, but it's not running enough fuel. Right. So it's weird. Because otherwise, off boost, the car runs... Just fine. Pretty fine. Mostly just fine. Mostly just fine. The The idle's still a little weird. It's better than it was, but it's not as good as it should be. But I can play with that a little more. But, I mean, that's not... That's the nice thing about the car. I don't have to drive it every day, so I can play with it. That's the other thing. When I got ECM Link for it, it was already into the heat of the summer, so it was really difficult to try and tune it because it was... Heat soaking. Yeah, it was and 80 it was degrees outside, humidity. super humid. Yeah. So now I have it a little bit earlier in the season once it's in the 60s and 70s and still pretty dry. It should be in the 60s next week, I think. Yeah, so we'll get there. Yeah, I'm going to change all the snow tires off soon. But... Yeah, you store it in snow tires to preserve your other tires. Mm-hmm. And because... Sometimes you get to move it into the driveway, and yep. it would get stuck in the driveway without yeah. them. Which, actually, I'm going to have to move all the cars, because I'm having a new garage door put in, so. Fancy. Mmm. Be real nice in there now. Mr. Moneybags over here. Yep. New garage doors. Um, We talked about the RTS show. Uh, Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee, the first one is April 14th. It is, which is the week before Easter, yes. I think. Yeah. So, we'll be there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully with cars. Mm-hmm. I think so. I feel like it was a lot of rain this week. Like tomorrow, Friday. Should watch the right rest off of the topic weather forecast, forecast, podcast, pod forecasts. Fine. I'll stop. No rain. No weather. Car stays in storage. Forever. Forever. Can't talk about the weather anymore. Nope. Anyway, the road should be clear enough due to things that happen in the atmosphere, and I should be able to take the car out hopefully this weekend. Yeah. So, should anyway, be ready hopefully. to be driven to the show on April 14th, because believe it or not, it's almost April. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. So... Disregard if you're listening to this in any other month other than March. Unless you listen to it next year in March. I said any other month other than March. Okay. Fine. Um, Also in April, just announced today, is another Radwood show. Yep. April 27th. In Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. My car will already be in Phoenix, so I might just shoot over there and take care and go to that as well. Just casually shoot over there. (laughs) I don't have to replace a garage door, so I'm fine. (laughs) No, it'd be cool to go to another show and gives me an excuse to drive the Sapporo to another state. So Mm -hmm. I may do it. I was like totally open in April. And then my wife asked me if we had plans that weekend. I said no. Literally this morning. Literally this morning. Yeah. And then in the afternoon, they posted the Radwood show, and I was like, Because oh. you already made plans this yep. morning yep. for that weekend. Yep. Because just could have gotten out there. But oh well. Right. It is what it is. Stupid weddings. No, it's not actually a wedding. Oh, stupid. There's other. Other things. Things that are in the way, but we'll figure it out. All right, the wedding's blocking your other Radwood show show going to well i wasn't going to call those people out because they were on the podcast they are friends of ours that's okay we can still call him out on it <laughs> it's okay he's having a wedding the weekend of a ride with joe which is totally fine it's his prerogative but it is what it is and then i'm gonna miss off-roading for his bachelor party because of another wedding right you gotta miss <laughs> his bachelor party because he had another wedding yes when i could be off-roading yes and drinking and hang out with the guys. And drinking beer. Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I'd rather talk about the weather. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? I don't. No. We should do a lot of things like this week and weekend, so we have a lot to talk about next week. I was almost, I was considering some Craig Craig don't tell me's, and then I forgot. Eh, it's all right. We've, and then we've given them enough free content. We haven't done Andrew. any questions in a while, so we should do some we'll do that, questions. Do that pretty soon. Yeah. Also, we get some more guests on pretty soon. Yeah. So we'll uh, up in the content this year. So actually, no, I'll wait till next week. Okay, fine. Never mind. Fine. That's your Forget teaser. It. That's your teaser. Forget it. Next week. <laughs> Don't do it. So. All right. Finish your beer, Andrew. It's time to go home. All right. As always, follow the Auto Off Topic podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Follow me at Race and Anger on Instagram. And Brad. TSI SS350. Say it again. TSI SS350. What is it? TSISS350 okay. on Instagram. All right, cool. I'm going to change that to TSISS350 Auto Off Topic Instagram. Now you can find it still. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not really going to do that. No, don't do that now. All right. Weatherman TSI SS350. Oh, God. It's always sunny SI S50, 350. Yes. All right. As always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses. And see you later. And goodbye, YouTube. Yeah. (laughs)